Shalom, this is Rabbi Ben Newman. Today is day 590 of my daily Zohar reading. I'll be reading today part 2 of the Zohar, page 78a in English. Um, We are in the middle of a section of text that has been talking about different body parts, uh, physiognomy, and how that um, relates to a person's personality. Um... We are now in a section which I would call chiromancy, which is looking at the different features of the hand and saying what that says about a person. Um, And uh, it is sort of bizarre, um, sort of interesting. Um, I don't really have all that much to say about it, but uh, let's just dive in and read it. This corresponds to the Pritzker edition Zohar, page 418. Uh, sorry, Prisker Editions of our Volume 4, uh, page 418, translated by Professor Daniel Matt. I'm reading from where it's a uh, second paragraph. If he returns to his lord, lines change, three widthwise and one lengthwise, those two thin, abiding enduringly. Then his desire is greater for his wife when he clings to her. One very thin line enters between those two thin ones, then the letter hey joins with the letter Zion. If there are one line lengthwise and four widthwise, with three thin ones standing above the one and one above those four, and on the left arm he has three thin streaks generated just a few days ago with a single hair hanging from the top one, this one pursues adultery with his neighbor's wife. He's a master of insolence. He threatens with his left eye, not uttering a single word, and fulfills. Being a master of insolence, he does not care about the honor of his lord to return to him. Afterward, a serpent or a red man kills him. All right, let's continue. If there are four lengthwise and three widthwise, and those ascending are eliminated from him, this one has broken his heart before his lord and turned in repentance. Then he is in the mystery of the letter Pei, joined with the letter Hey. Of these and of similar ones is written, Peace, peace to the far and the near. Isaiah fifty-seven nineteen. Reading now footnote 178 four lengthwise and three widthwise. On the verse in Isaiah, see Babylonian Talmud, Brachot 34b, quote, Rabbi Abahu said, in the place where masters of return, in other words, penitents stand, the completely righteous do not stand, as is said, peace, peace to the far and the near, to the far first and then to the near. In other words, God offers peace first to one who had sinned and was far, and only afterward to one who was completely righteous and always near. But Rabbi Yochanan would say, what is the far? One who from the beginning was far from transgression, i.e. completely righteous, and what is the near? One who was near to transgression and now has moved from it. Until here, it's an interesting point about uh, about uh, Balei Tshuva. Um, and I like the way that the Zohar picks up on that. 
What do you think? Do you think Baalei Tshuva are more holy than people who never fought, had fallen? Uh, or do you think the perfectly righteous who have never fallen are more holy? Um, I tend to think it's the people who were uh, descended into the darkness. I say, I'm not sure exactly where in the Zohar it says this, but uh, There is no light as great as the light that comes out of the darkness. Um, I'm not sure where that's from, but I think maybe the Tikkunim. Um, anyway, so uh, let me know what you think. Back to the text. Until here, all those mysteries of the generations of Adam, generations born in him from time to time according to a person's ways, happy is the share of those who sit before a master and have been privileged to hear from his mouth secrets of Torah. Happy are they in this world and happy are they in the world that is coming. Rabbi Shimon said, Happy are you companions who are not baffled by any mysteries. How many supernal places await you in the world that is coming? He opened, saying, As for you, Techezeh, you shall behold from all the people, men of caliber, re- revering God, men of truth, hating bribery. Exodus 18.21 This verse has been established, but it is not written, Tivchar, you shall choose, rather, Techezeh, you shall behold by vision of the eyes. How? By human features, by these six aspects you have mentioned, all in this verse. Footnote 181, you shall behold, Jethro advises his son-in-law Moses how to administer justice. As for you, Techezeh, you shall behold, or perceive, discern, select, from all the people, men of caliber, revering God, men of truth, hating bribery, and you shall set chiefs of thousands, chiefs of hundreds, chiefs of fifties, and chiefs of tens over them, and they shall judge the people at all times, and so every great matter they shall bring to you, and every small matter they themselves shall judge, and it will be lighter on you, and they will bear it with you. Exodus 18, 21-22. Rabbi Shimon wonders why scripture employs the verb techezeh, literally you shall behold, rather than tifchar, you shall choose. He explains that techezeh implies how these judges should be selected by observing physical features based on principles of physiognomy. Earlier, at note 76, Rabbi Yitzchak and Rabbi Yossi had specified seven human features, hair, forehead, eyes, face, lips, ears, and lines of the hand. Apparently, the six features mentioned here do not include the ears, which were only touched upon above at note 135. Back to the text. As for you, you shall behold one by the hair, from all the people by the forehead two, men of caliber three by the face, revering God four by the eyes, men of truth by the lips five, hating bribery by the hands by their lines six. For these are signs by which to recognize people, those upon whom the spirit of wisdom rests. Footnote 182, revering God, for by the eyes, reverence or the lack thereof can be determined by whether a person's eyes look humbly downward or haughtily above. Truth or falsehood is spoken with the lips. Bribes are taken by hand.
Back to the text. Even so, Moses did not need this. Rather, what is written, Moses chose men of caliber from all Israel. Exodus 18.25, because Holy Spirit came to him through whom he saw all. How do we know? As is written, when they have some matter, he comes to me. Exodus 18.16, it is not written, they come to me, but rather he comes. Holy Spirit, who came to him, through whom he knew, so he did not need all these this examining and inspecting. Rather, Moses knew instantly. Similarly, King Solomon, by the throne, even though Holy Spirit rested upon him. For whoever approached the throne was overcome with fear and awe, and thereby he judged cases without witnesses, because there were images on the throne. And if anyone approached with a lie, that image would vibrate, and Solomon would know he was coming with a lie. So fear of that throne fell upon all, and they all became virtuous in his presence. King Messiah by smell, as is written, his scenting will be by awe of Yudhevave, not by sight of his eyes will he judge, Isaiah 11.3. These three judged the world without witnesses or warning the rest of the inhabitants of the world by word of witnesses, by command of Torah. The wise who recognize those features, providing remedy for people and healing their souls, happy are they in this world, and happy are they in the world that is coming. On the third new moon, after the children of Israel's going out from the land of Egypt, on this day they came to the wilderness of Sinai, Exodus 19.1, ruled by Uriel, empowered prince, accompanied by 365 myriads of camps corresponding to the number of days of the year. All of them have 365 keys of light, of that light radiating from supernal inner chashmal, treasured and concealed, in which mysteries of holy supernal letters of the holy name are suspended. Footnote 188, third new moon ruled by Uriel, the third of the four archangels, Michael, Gabriel, Uriel, and Raphael. Each myriad of angelic camps has one of the 365 keys of light, opening channels by which the supernal light flows down from above. The unique term chashmal derives from Ezekiel's vision of the chariot throne. Ezekiel 1.4, I looked, and here a stormy wind coming from the north, a great cloud and flashing fire and a radiance surrounding it and from within it, like the color of chashmal from within the fire. The precise meaning of the term is unclear, but the context indicates a bright substance as it has been rendered amber, gleaming amber, glowing metal. In post-biblical literature, it was regarded as endowed with holy and dangerous properties. See Chagiga 13a. Here, chashmal may symbolize Tiferet, who is associated with the four letters of the name yud heh and that's it for today's reading. I'll talk to you, catch you all tomorrow. Take care.